It's Saturday the 27th of January. I'm Kira Evans and this was a week that saw a plot to topple Rishi. More strikes on the Houthi rebels, Trump win in New Hampshire and Barbie Oscar nomination drama. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet and get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the standout seven from the small seven. It's news, but not the news. This week saw Rishi's safety of Rwanda bill move to the House of Lords, but the Prime Minister's decision to hold a press conference at which he warned the Lords not to delay the bill and pointedly referred to the passing of the bill as the will of the people did not go down well. The Lords reviewed the bill and gave a two-month timetable for debate on what it identified as ten sets of issues and what has been seen as a rebuke for the PM. However, Conservative peer Nicky Morgan said it's not necessarily a bad sign. I think the bill will go through uh, the House of Lords. We are very clear we are not the elected chamber and therefore, actually, if the government wants to go through, I think ultimately it will. Labour's Shadow Home Secretary Yvette Cooper still thinks that the Rwanda scheme is tackling the wrong part of the problem when the focus should be on criminal gangs. It is important to say that the Rwanda scheme will only ever cover less than 1% of those arriving in the country to the tune of £400 million being sent to Rwanda for a scheme that's sending more home secretaries than asylum seekers. As we seem to be in a general election campaign, even before general election is called. Both Labour leaders Sir Keir Starmer and Prime Minister Rishi Sunak were out and about making speeches on Monday. It came as the latest polling shows the Tory fall to new lows with Rishi Sunak's government now at the level that saw Liz Truss sacked. Labour appeared to have a lead of at least 20% in most polls and Starmer has been working hard to hammer home the difference between his party and the Tory government. He spoke at a civil society summit on Monday and said for a start Labour won't be starting culture wars with national institutions. In its desperation to cling on to power at all costs. The Tory party is undertaking a kind of weird McCarthyism, trying to find woke agendas in the very civic institutions they once regarded with respect. Zunek was out and about in Buckinghamshire where he was busy criticising the opposition for not having plans to fix the government's issues. Keir Starmer, who's been leader of the opposition for four years, can't actually say what he would do differently to run this country. That's because he doesn't have a plan. And the contrast is clear. Our plan is working. As the week developed, the Tory party seemed to be heading towards a full-on leadership crisis. It had started with a YouGov poll funded by a mystery organisation called the Conservative Britain Alliance. And former Brexit negotiator Lord Forrest described the findings as stunningly awful as they predicted a near total Tory wipeout. More polling shows Rishi's popularity at Liz Truss levels and the voices of discontent have been growing, with former Minister Simon Clark calling for Rishi to be replaced before the election. He spoke to the BBC's Chris Mason on Wednesday evening. And I totally respect the, the strong views that something like this evokes, right? No one likes the guy who's shouting iceberg, but I suspect that people will be even less happy if we hit the iceberg and uh, we are on course to do that. Things didn't go well at Prime Minister's question time either as Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer was quick to put the boot in. He spouts so much nonsense, no wonder they're giving up on him. (laughs) And, and, And even now as his government crumbles around him and his own MPs point out he's out of touch, got no plan for growth, crime or building houses, the Prime Minister is sticking to his one man Pollyanna show.
There was no sign of any unwinding of tensions in the Middle East this week with the Houthi rebels continuing to harass shipping in the Red Sea and Israel continuing its war in Gaza. There was also red faces for the British Navy as reports emerged that two British warships crashed into each other last week in Bahrain. The issue apparently was wiring related. Defence Secretary Grant Shops was putting on a brave face and talking up the spectacular new weapon codenamed Dragonfire instead. I put a new weapon called a Dragonfire which is a laser weapon capable of actually taking down for example those those Houthi missiles or incoming Mm. drones. It costs about a tenner to fire one of those compared with hundreds of thousands of pounds potentially to fire a missile. The families of Israeli hostages held by Hamas broke into an Israeli parliamentary meeting on Monday as they sought more action to see their relatives released. It came as fighting escalated in the city of Khan Yunus and Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu was forced to deny rumours that there was a new hostage deal on offer from Hamas. There was tensions too from the European Union as Israel refuses to accept the idea of a two-state solution when fighting ceases and through their foreign minister have instead been floating plans for placing Palestinians on an artificial island in the Mediterranean. Mediterranean. EU foreign policy chief Josep Burrell says that Israel needs to take the process of planning for what happens when the war stops seriously. I think that we have to stop talking about the peace process and start talking more concretely about the two-state solution process. So let's talk about what we want to do. All we want to do is to build a two-state solution. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak was back in the Commons on Tuesday to make a statement on the latest wave of strikes on the Houthi rebel forces carried out on Monday night. It was another joint operation between the UK and US, although it appeared both Speaker Sir Lindsay Howell and Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer were only notified about the attacks at the last minute. This follows American unease over the number of leaks around the first wave of joint strikes last week. Sunak says the reason he approved the strikes was surveillance that revealed the imminent threat from Houthi forces to UK military and commercial vessel. We are not seeking a confrontation. We urge the Houthis and those who enable them to stop these illegal and unacceptable attacks. But if necessary, the United Kingdom will not hesitate to respond again in self-defence. Despite the late notice on this second wave of strikes, Labour leader Sir Keir Starmer praised the courage of the British Navy and RAF for carrying out the attacks, but warned that the government will have to demonstrate that the strikes are having the desired impact. We back this targeted action to reinforce maritime security in the Red Sea. The Houthi attacks must stop. They are designed to destabilise us. So we must stand united and strong. There was a further attack on Red Sea shipping on Wednesday as Houthi forces fired on two ships which had to be assisted by the US Navy. It came as the Israeli army said that they had encircled the city of Khan Yunus in southern Gaza, which is the final ground assault in the current phase of fighting. There were also multiple civilian casualties when a UN refugee building was hit by tank shelling. As the violence continues, there have been increasing international calls for discussions to begin on what should happen next. But Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu continues to refuse to even discuss the so-called two-state solution. He was criticised on Wednesday by former Israeli PM Ehud Barak. Israel has to agree in advance that at the end of this chapter, probably nine months or a year from now, we will open a serious uh, discussion, political discussion about two-state solution that should end up with Palestinian state. But it's clear to all other, other leaders except for Netanyahu that this is the deal. The US and UK moved on Thursday to impose sanctions on senior members of the Houthi regime as they seek to impact the rebel group striking ships in the Red Sea. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu was at the centre of a row with Qatar, who had been hosting negotiations with Hamas and a bid to secure another ceasefire and further hostage releases. Qatar says the Israeli PM is blocking their efforts and focused on 
on his own career rather than the hostages. UK Foreign Secretary Lord David Cameron met with Netanyahu on Thursday in Israel as the UK continues to push for a ceasefire in the region. It's time for an immediate pause in the fighting because we've got to not only get the aid in but crucially we've got to get those hostages out and what I think we can do now is turn that pause into a permanent sustainable ceasefire. That's what I was pushing on him and that's what I'll be talking about here today. Friday saw the International Court of Justice issue a preliminary ruling on the case South Africa brought against Israel accusing it of genocide. The state of Israel shall in accordance with its obligations under the Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide in relation to the Palestinians in Gaza, take all measures within its power to prevent the commission of all acts within the scope of Article 2 of the Convention, in particular, a. killing members of the group, b. causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group, c. deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or in part. This week saw the war in Ukraine pass, the 700-day mark, but there's no end in sight. Ukrainian President Zelensky sat down for an in-depth interview with Channel 4 News and he extended an invitation to Donald Trump to visit Kiev. Trump has been boasting he could end the war in 24 hours while his Republican allies continue to hold up military aid that Ukraine desperately needs. Russia continues to shell civilian targets, including a shopping centre in Donetsk on Sunday, and the situation looks increasingly difficult for Ukraine. As the war drags on, NATO is poised to launch its biggest military exercises in years as Operation Steadfast Defender will see 90,000 NATO troops, including 20,000 British troops, engage in drills focused around the Baltic states. Chair of NATO's Military Committee, Admiral Rob Bauer, says it's partly about long-term planning, not just about Russia. Not everything is planable. Not everything is going to be hunky-dory in the next 20 years. It's not a given that we are in peace. That's why we have the plans. That's why we are preparing for a conflict with Russia and the terror groups. If it comes to it, if they attack us, if they attack us, we have to be ready. Russian strikes on the cities of Kiev and Kharkiv killed at least 18 people and wounded more than 130 on Tuesday. Ukraine's military is increasingly struggling with shortages of ammunition as US aid has dried up. And there was some good news from NATO as they signed a new $1.2 billion deal to replenish members' munition stocks. Secretary General Jens Stolenberg says it's intended to send a clear message. We do all of this to ensure that we have the readiness, preparedness and the forces in place to remove any room for miscalculation or misunderstanding in uh, Moscow about our readiness to protect every inch of NATO territory. There was more good news on Tuesday evening as Turkey announced it will withdraw its objection to Sweden's NATO membership. Russia's Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov certainly seemed to be getting NATO's message when he sat down for a rare interview with US network CBS. We have been uh, warning publicly since 2007 even maybe that NATO expansion against all the promises given to Yeltsin and to Gorbachev. NATO expansion was going too far. Russia accused Ukraine of shooting down a plane on Wednesday, which they said are Ukrainian prisoners of war headed to an exchange. The IL-76 transport plane in the Belgorod region left no survivors and Kiev declined to confirm or deny any involvement. But President Zelensky accused Russia of playing with the lives of Ukrainian prisoners and the whole incident appears to be extremely murky. With the ongoing war in Ukraine and escalating tensions across the Middle East, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defence for European and NATO policy, Jim Townsend, says 
says the US may need the UK to get more involved in global security. The UK has an excellent military. Uh, they And we need the help because we're stretched pretty thin ourselves. We need more Brits. <laughs> we need more British aircraft, more British pilots. This week has already seen Senior General Sir Patrick Sanders suggest that if NATO does find itself in a war with Russia, it's not impossible that conscription would have to be introduced in the UK to ensure that the army is suitably staffed. Former Chair of the Defence Committee Tobias Elwood said he may be right. There is a 1939 feel to the world right now. These authoritarian states are rearming. There's a risk averseness about uh, the West in wanting to deal with that. And uh, institutions, global institutions such as the United Nations, um, aren't able to uh, hold these errant nations to account. In fact, the UN, I'd go further, is reaching its League of Nations moment. A Nottingham court was told on Tuesday of the incredible bravery shown by student Grace O'Malley Coomer, who was killed while trying to protect her friend from a brutal knife attack. She, along with her friend Barnaby Weber and school caretaker Ian Coates, were all stabbed to death by a man the court described as actively concealing signs of psychosis at the time of the attack. The violent rampage in June left three dead and more injured, but Nottingham Crown Court accepted a plea of manslaughter on grounds of diminished responsibility. Grace's father, Dr Sanjoy Coomer, was disappointed by the outcome of the case. Justice and has not been done for our daughter. She would be disappointed that this is not concluded the way it should. This person picked his victims and it is absolutely abhorrent, I think, that he has been able to have a defence of diminished responsibility. Valdo Callocane was sentenced on Thursday after pleading guilty to three counts of manslaughter on grounds of diminished responsibility. He was the man behind brutal attacks in Nottingham last summer, which left three dead and three more seriously injured. The judge told him that he remained a danger to society and sentenced him to a hospital order, warning that he would probably be detained in a high-security hospital for the rest of his life. The sentence was greeted with anger and frustration by the families of the victims and Barnaby Weber's mother, Emma, spoke outside the court. True justice has not been served today. We as a devastated family have been let down by multiple agency failings and ineffectiveness. The CPS did not consult with us, as has been reported. Instead, we have been rushed, hastened and railroaded. Still to come on the stand at seven, Donald Trump wins but loses his temper in New Hampshire and Oscar drama over Barbie. Right after this. Welcome back. The New Hampshire Republican primary took place on Tuesday, but it didn't feature Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He pulled out of the race on Sunday night, endorsing Donald Trump in the process. Trump had a busy week campaigning at the weekend and appearing in court in the E. Jean Carroll defamation trial during the week. At a New Hampshire rally, he made a major stumble as he ranted about Nikki Haley and got his wires crossed, confusing her with Nancy Pelosi and blaming her for not calling in the National Guard on January 6th. It's not the only stumble that Trump has made, raising more and more questions about his mental state even as he proclaims that Joe Biden is confused. Haley, former South Carolina governor and now Trump's only serious opponent, took the unusual step for a Republican of referring to it directly and was suggesting that voters need to do some maths before they vote for Trump. My parents are up in age, but when you see them hit a certain age, there is a decline. And this is a situation where our country is very vulnerable right now. 
And we can't just have four years. We've got to have eight years of somebody that's on it all the time. Despite her late attacks on Trump's mental state, the Republican voters of New Hampshire plumped for Trump on Tuesday. The result was never really in doubt. The only question was what Donald's winning margin would be, with his campaign predicting a 30% margin at one stage. In the end, it was 11% and Haley pledged she'll stay in the race, which seemed to annoy Donald, who sent most of his victory speech attacking her. Who the hell was the imposter that went up on the stage before and like claimed a victory. She did very poorly, actually. She had to win. The governor said, she's gonna win, she's gonna win, she's gonna win. Then she, she failed badly. The Royal Mail has been in the spotlight for quite some time over the Horizon IT scandal, so the last thing you'd think they'd need is more drama. But a new Ofcom review of the services provided by the Post Office was due to be published on Wednesday, and early leaks suggested that it might recommend a relaxing of the requirement that the Royal Mail deliver six days a week. The Royal Mail's parent company reported financial losses of over £169 million in the first half of its financial year, and is keen to restructure the business. Labour Shadow Environment Secretary Steve Reid was not in favour of the potential change. I think it's very worrying. There's a universal service obligation. Wherever you live in this country, you should get a regular postal service. I think that's still an important part of the infrastructure of our country and it's very worrying to hear these proposals. Downing Street was warning on Monday night that the PM would not countenance seeing Saturday deliveries scrapped and the General Secretary of the Communication Workers Union, Dave Ward, says the unions won't let it happen either. We think the whole of Ofcom's approach is a complete sham. It's about getting to a predetermined outcome and we're not going to sit back and allow Ofcom, Royal Mail, the government to destroy what is an important public service Uh, which customers still support. The report was finally published on Wednesday and it did suggest that cutbacks could generate savings of up to £650 million if deliveries were cut back to just three days a week. If Saturday deliveries were ceased, that could save £200 million. There's already been a strong opposition to any changes from politicians and unions, but the level of letters delivered has been in decline over the last number of years. Dame Melanie Dawes, the Chief Executive of Ofcom, said at the moment they're just outlining possible options and that they're not making any recommendations. Ultimately, it's going to be for uh, the company to propose what they think is deliverable and also for the government and us as the regulator to consider all these issues in the round. Monday saw the Oscar nominations announced with Oppenheimer picking up 13 nominations. Things didn't go well for the other half of the summer blockbuster twins with Barbie picking up eight nominations but nothing for lead actress Margot Robbie and no director nomination for Greta Gerwig. Barbie did get a Best Picture nomination and bizarrely two nominations for Ryan Gosling, one for Best Supporting Actor and one for Best Original Song for Just Ken. Ryan Gosling spoke out after the nominations were announced saying there is no Ken without Barbie and there is no Barbie without Greta to Gerwig and Margot Robbie. Ireland's Killian Murphy is one of the nominees for Best Actor. He celebrated at home with his mum, a cup of tea and a slice of homemade sponge cake. He spoke recently about how much he enjoyed working on Oppenheimer with Best Director nominee Christopher Nolan. It's, it's a real privilege to work with him every time. Um, I mean, there's no argument that he's one of the greatest directors around at the moment. I think everyone accepts that. So as an actor, selfishly, you want to work with the best people and, and he's definitely one of those. You've been listening to The Smart 7. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world.